Welcome back to the Back Row Eagles Show, everybody. Like always, I am your host, Michael Bauer. This is episode five. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show. Uh, the two reviews I've gotten so far have been great. Thank you, gentlemen. And we love you here at the Back Row Eagles Show. So fifth episode, we're back for, you know, just to keep doing what we do. Uh, make sure you check out all the other great podcasts in the Back Row channel. Uh, we think I think we have about 10 so far. I don't know. Numbers elude me at times, but let's get it started. Uh, we do have some news. So the Washington Redskins have signed former Eagle cornerback Ronald Darby. I don't know if the Eagles even made an offer to this guy. For as good as he was, there was a lot of times where he was not good. Um, so bye, Ronald. Thank you for helping us win a Super Bowl. Although if you do recall... If memory serves me correctly, I didn't look this up. The very first game of the year, the opener against Washington, he did hurt his ankle. We thought he'd be out for the year. He did come back, play at a respectable level, and they won the Super Bowl. So uh, thanks again. That was also three seasons ago. So bye. The Texans have signed former Eagle. Again, another one, but it's dust here. Defensive tackle Timmy Jernigan, one year, $3.75 million. The Cowboys have signed defensive end Alden Smith. So Alden Smith has not played since 2015 due to off-the-field issues. Um... It's, it's kind of a lot. I don't want to go into it all here, um, but he was drafted with the seventh overall pick by San Francisco in 2011. He's also played for the Raiders. Uh, this, this is a guy, smart move by the Dallas Cowboys, and it's not very often that we can actually say that. If you go on and look at how his contract is structured, they spread it out. Like, you have to do this, then get this much. Then you show up for this, you get this much. You, you do this. So it's really incentive-based. Uh, but I think it was one year, four million would be the total number if he meets all his incentives. Um, it's smart. He's a great player when he's on the field. He is 30 years old, so I think he has something left in the tank. But the Cowboys are spending a lot of money this offseason on just a few players. So they need moves like this to be competitive in the division. The Chiefs have renegotiated, renegotiated Sammy Watkins' deal to save cap space. I think at one point they literally had $151 left in cap space, something ridiculous like that. There were some people linking Sammy Watkins to the Eagles. That made me vomit in my mouth violently because Sammy Watkins is awful. Jadavian Clowney's asking price is dropping from $20 million a year to around $17 or $18 million. It's about $17 or $18 million too much for a piece of shit like Jadavian Clowney. The Bears have an open quarterback competition, as they should, because Mitch Trubisky sucks. He can't make simple reads. He can't get the ball out of his hands. Nick Foles isn't that much better, but he might be better. Personally, I think that they should try to get Andy Dalton in there. He's better than Nick Foles. Sorry, Nick, I love you, but it just is what it is. He's better than Mitch Trubisky. Chase Daniel is also still there, but who cares about him? The Lions signed one of my guys, Geronimo Allison. When I said I wanted the Eagles to sign Geronimo Allison, I want to be clear here. I did not want Geronimo Allison to come in here and be our wide receiver one. That's not what I want. I thought a big body like that can give you a dependable target. He could be a good depth guy. So... That's why I wanted them to sign Geronimo Allison. The Jaguars have heard about multiple teams, from multiple teams, excuse me, about defensive end Yannick Jakui. I'm not sure how to say his last name. I know he's been linked to the Eagles all offseason. I haven't seen any progress on that. I would imagine if they wanted to make a run at him, they would have done it already. Obviously, this offseason and free agency as a whole has been just really odd with the whole coronavirus. Visits aren't really happening, so I don't know how that's going to work out. Maybe a draft day deal, but I know the Jaguars won a lot for him, and rightfully so. I think he's 25 years old. Guy's in the prime of his career. He is definitely a beast. So interesting to see what happens there. After next season, the playoffs will expand one extra team per conference. So that means the AFC and NFC each get another team. It's 
a little bit easier to get into the playoffs. I think what they're doing right now, the one and two seeds get a bye. I think only the one seed is going to get a bye now. You're going to have to look into that a lot to explain here. Um, apparently, some rumors are flying around that the Eagles have interest in Rams wide receiver Brandon Cooks. I like it if they could get him cheap enough. They're going to have to restructure his contract. I think he does have a pretty decent cap hit. Um, Aside from him almost being murdered in Super Bowl 52, he's a very consistent and productive player. He did have some concussions last year, so that's something that has to be taken into consideration. You know, he's about one concussion away from a body bag. So take that into consideration before trading for him. And Eagles owner Jeff Lurie donates $1 million to a local Philadelphia hospital. I saw some people on saying $1 million, he's worth more than that. He should have given more. Well, at the same point in time, he really didn't have to give anything. Let's not forget Jeff Bezos, the evil owner of Amazon, is also trying to get his own employees like, hey, we should donate money. Dude, no. No, Jeff Bezos, you should donate money. Going online and saying my employees should donate money doesn't making does not make you a good person. Actually doing it on their behalf, that makes you a good person. Not only that, but you only allow us to have essential things being delivered right now, which I completely understand. With everything going on, I'm actually happy about it. But you don't have any essential products in stock. I hear you're not taking care to protect your employees from the coronavirus. So um, Jeff Laurie, you know, him, Robert Kraft, doing a lot of good things to help combat this this disease. On top of that, I hope everybody, I hope this podcast finds you safe. I hope it finds you well. The draft is going to go on as planned. That's another thing. It looks like it's going to be kind of a virtual draft. So I'm going to be a little interested to see how that's going. Uh, the draft's going to need a heck of a lot of bandwidth to handle all that. So um, kind of feel bad for the town of Las Vegas. They're going to lose out on a lot of money that they would have had coming in. I mean, tourism as a whole is down right now, obviously. So let's just hope for a speedy resolution to this. It's April 5th right now. I'm in Pennsylvania. Lockdown is until... April 30th. I'm lucky enough that I still get to leave every day, albeit to go to work. I know my wife is working from home. She's getting a little stir crazy with our daughter. So um, just hope that, you know, everybody's happy and healthy. And I'm hoping that football, <laughs> let's just start the season now. I'm so ready for football. It's not even funny. But um, so a couple episodes ago, I was talking about draft targets. I do have some offensive draft targets that I want to talk to you about today. So let's get into it. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Win. Win. What are we waiting for? You know what you gotta do. Do it. Can you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? They gonna get it to us. We got to take it. They gonna black out. We gonna get one black out. All right, so we are going to start off with the quarterback position. I actually do have a guy that I would love to see the birds get. Obviously, we're set with Carson Wentz. 
you know, I wish I, I'm sorry I didn't look up his contract. I think it was either a four or five year extension. Not sure off the top of my head. But that being said, you always want to have a good, reliable backup. Right now, it's Nate Sudfeld, and I like Nate Sudfeld. He's coming. He's played a little bit here and there, mostly in the preseason, as your third stringer does. He was third string last year behind Josh McCown, but he's just not. He's not anything great, really. So a guy that I like is quarterback Anthony Gordon from Washington State. That air raid Mike Leach system, which also produced... Now, Mike Leach didn't produce Patrick Mahomes, but the air raid system did at Texas Tech with Cliff Kingberry as the head coach. Um, He did produce Gardner Minshew. To me, Anthony Gordon is a better version of Gardner Minshew. He doesn't have that swagger that Gardner does. And I'll tell you what... If you can follow Gardner Minshew on any sort of social media, you need to go ahead and do it. This guy's hilarious. But Anthony Gordon, he sets his hips a little bit better than than Gardner does. So he doesn't have to rely on his arm strength so much, but he has a quick release, super accurate. His deep ball is decent, but that can be developed. And to me, he's just a developmental guy. You could probably pick him up in the fifth or sixth round. But in 2019, now 2018, he played in a couple games, but it was really just cleanup duty. Nothing spectacular to talk about there. But 13 games last year, he had almost 700 attempts. He was 493 out of 689, 5,579 yards, which surprisingly did not lead the FBS. That was Joe Burrow. He had about 120 yards more, something like that. He averaged 8.1 yards per attempt. Now, the air raid offense, they're not really known for big down-the-field stuff. It's a lot of get guys open, get guys in space close, and just keep the ball moving. He did have 48 touchdowns to 16 interceptions, and here's what I really like. 71.6% completion percentage. That is a huge completion percentage, and any coach would love that. So Anthony Gordon, if he could be had, he'd be a great developmental quarterback. And I'm not saying that I want him to develop into somebody that could take over for Carson Wentz. Obviously, we do have injury concerns about Wentz. He's only played two full seasons. Uh, one year was 13 games, the other was 10. So it would be good to have a guy like this that, if need be, to come in for a series or two, a game or two, half the season, you could rely on him. He's been developed in your system. Personally, right now, I'd rather have him over Nate Sudfeld. But when I'm talking about developing a quarterback, look at what the New England Patriots have done developing quarterbacks not named Tom Brady. Jimmy Garoppolo traded away for something. Jacoby Brissett traded away for something. So you could develop these guys. And you can move them for other pieces that you need later. Now, you might say, well, if you're developing guys in your system, they could have information that they could take to your competitor. That is true. If you are a good enough head coach, you know to consistently change things up enough so that's not an issue. Now, let's talk about running back. Jordan Howard is gone. He is now a Miami Dolphin. Best of luck to him. Two-year, $10 million deal. Miles Sanders is a great great running back. I love him. I'm a Penn State fan. I've always been a Miles Sanders fan, but he does need a power compliment. At least that's what people are saying. So I'm just going to kind of buy into that narrative today. Although Miles Sanders is 5'11", 211 pounds. So maybe put on a little bit of weight, but that's not his style, really. He's a shifty, speedy runner. I want to look at 16 games last year. He did start 11. He had 179 carries for 818 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. He averaged 4.6 yards. Not bad for a rookie. 50 catches on 63 targets, 509 yards, three touchdowns. He caught 79.4% of his passes. That's impressive to me. So when we're talking about a power compliment, you're talking about your Jordan Howard-esque because I don't think Miles Sanders and Boston Scott, while they could get it done at the end of the year last year, a full season, it's just not going to work. It's just not. 
So one of the guys that I like is Joshua Kelly from UCLA, just slightly bigger than Miles Sanders, 5'11", 219 pounds. He's a solid but not flashy guy. His legs never stop going. So once a defender tries to wrap him up, he keeps turning those legs. And to me, that is the make, that is the tale of a really, really good running back. When I played football, so you'll hear me talk about this a lot with running backs. When I played football, the coach always told us, wrap his legs up. If his legs can't move, he can't move. And on the flip side, he would say to the running backs, keep those legs moving. You, you can't move forward without your legs going. So his legs are always going. He's a powerful runner with a really good burst. He wears a defense down, and he is an absolute grinder. He does have receiving potential. He is not the greatest receiver. He did play two seasons of junior college at UC Davis, two years at UCLA, where he played 43 games. He had uh, about 2,303 yards on the ground and 5.5 yards per carry. And then he had 42 catches for 285 yards. So Joshua Kelly is good. Save him from Chip Kelly, who is the UCLA head coach. I will never cheer for UCLA while Chip Kelly is the head coach, just like I will never cheer for the Houston Texans while Bill O'Brien is the head coach. Sorry, new Texans guy on the channel, but it just is what it is. The next guy is Rico Dowdle from South Carolina. He's a little bit bigger, but although he's bigger, he needs to bulk up a little bit. He's taller, six foot, 215 pounds, very, very powerful. Now, his statistics are underwhelming, but I think that's due to underusage. If you watch South Carolina film, they are always, always behind. So they are trying to throw constantly, and they have terrible quarterback play. So guys like him, Brian Edwards, uh, who's coming out this year, who I will touch on later, Debo Samuel last year, just really not good statistically. Um, so his totals four years at South Carolina. He did have 428 carries for 2,167 yards. So he averaged 5.1 yards per carry, 16 touchdowns. Now through the year, 62 catches for 483 yards and three touchdowns. Not terrible for a power back. The next guy is Xavier Jones from SMU, 5'11", 208. He's a 50-year senior as well. He's powerful as well, but not very explosive. So now another guy too, I just want to throw this name out there. A.J. Dillon is 6'2", 249 yards, 249 yards, 249 pounds. He's from Boston College. For a guy that's six foot, two hundred and forty-nine pounds, he cannot knock people over. That's why he's not on this list. His workout at the combine was great. He's gonna move up NFL's draft boards because of it. If you play fantasy football, he's gonna move up fantasy boards because of it. Unless he's guaranteed a starting role for fantasy, stay away from him. In the NFL, I do not want him on the Eagles. They could do better. There's some guys on here that are a little bit smaller, but I think more powerful. Um, so stay away from AJ Dillon, which AJ stands for Algier Jamil. In case you're wondering, I did look it up. Um, but Xavier Jones, back to him. He's a decent pass blocker, which is always good. If, you're, if he's a spellback, he's coming on third down. You want to have that the ability that he could stay in and block. He's a little too indecisive behind the line, but at the goal line, he's pretty good, oddly enough. So five years at SMU, he played in 50 games, 660 carries, 3,434 yards. He averaged 5.2 yards pop and 45 touchdowns, 488 yards through the air and three touchdowns. So not much through the air, but he can get it done. Here's another guy that I like a lot, too. From the University of Cincinnati, Michael Warren II, 5'11", 222 pounds. He doesn't look like he's 5'11", 222 pounds, but this guy is a violent running back. He will gladly put his helmet down and knock you over. He, Unlike Xavier Jones, he has very good vision behind the line and very patient, too. There was a couple plays I saw him. It looked like... Um, do you remember the play where Carson Wentz looked like he was getting tackled by a bunch of Redskins and then all of a sudden he popped out and he, he got the ball down the field? Or I think he ran. I don't remember. 
I was drinking a lot that game. I just remember him looking. They called him Houdini, but there was one play he had where it looked like the play was about to get whistled dead, and then he just exploded for a big gain. So he doesn't give up. Those feet are always turning well. He's extremely well balanced. He could take a shot from a defender and just keep going, and he will run through contact. He is also an above-average receiving back. It doesn't really show it on his stat line total, but Cincinnati is not a great football team, and they used him mostly on screens. He wasn't running any routes. In his career at Cincinnati, he played three years, 38 games, 559 carries for 2,918 yards, 34 touchdowns on the ground through the air, 51 catches, 442 yards, and three touchdowns. Okay, so this next guy, Jamichael Hasty. Now, I would love to see him in an Eagles uniform. I have a feeling he's going to go to Carolina. The reason being Matt Rule is the head coach of Carolina. He was the head coach at Baylor last year. So Hasty is a guy that know he's going to know the system that Rule's running. He'd be a good spell back for Christian McCaffrey, albeit a different playing style. And um, if McCaffrey would get hurt, Hasty could come in, like I said, knows the system, blah, blah, blah. So you'd have to beat Carolina to getting him. But this is another guy, a very, very violent runner with a good burst. For how thick he is at 5'9", 205 pounds. All right, so this is a thick running back. When you look at a guy like Xavier Jones, 5'8", 5'11", 208, you know, Jamichael Hasty is two inches shorter and only three pounds lighter. So he's a thick, thick guy, but he's shifty as well. So um, I think he'd be good at the goal line too. His total's at Baylor for five years. 45 games, 386 carry for 1,998 yards, 15 touchdowns, 79 catches for 485 yards, and one touchdown. Now, five years, only 2,000 yards. Let's talk about this real quick. That system, they threw the ball a lot. A lot. He didn't get a ton of touches in the running game. It was pretty, pretty well balanced what he'd get rushing and receiving-wise. Obviously, running back's going to run the ball a little bit more than um, – than usual, but he is another one who's a victim of the offense. I think he's better than what his stats leave on. Uh, but again, going to have to be Carolina to it. So another guy that if you listen to my fantasy football podcast, the Dynasty Rewind, you know I love this next guy. And this is if you want a guy that is a lot like Miles Sanders, and that's LaMichael P. Ryan. He went to Florida, so he's slightly, slightly bigger than Miles Sanders. He's 5'11", 218, and by slightly bigger, I mean weight-wise. He is a really, really good combo of speed and power. In the open field, like Miles Sanders, he is fantastic. Fantastic. He has great cuts, great lateral movement. What I like about him, too, is a very quick decision maker. Um, like I said before, very sk- similar skill set to Miles Sanders. He's not just a screen receiver either. They did put him out on routes. Um, his stats aren't anything super, super impressive. Four years at Florida, 50 games, 493 carries for 2,485 yards and 22 touchdowns, 72 catches, 674 yards and eight touchdowns. You're playing against top flight competition in the FCC. The Florida now is not the Florida of the Urban Meyer, Tim Tebow years. So that, that team is completely different. It's just one of those things. But if you watch some of Michael P. Ryan highlights, you will not be disappointed. Trust me. That being said, I feel, again, that the Texans and Cardinals trade, they really, really, really wanted Miles Sanders. This is why you should have traded Miles Sanders. The smart thing to do. And again, I love Miles Sanders. If you listen to this, Miles, I want you to be an eagle. But I'm just looking at it from a business standpoint. Also, you're probably not going to listen to this. So that was a moot point. You trade an extremely talented young running back for one of the most elite wide receivers to ever step on the football field. 
You take a guy like Michael P. Ryan in the third or fourth round, you re-sign Jordan Howard. There's your thunder and lightning right there. You, Jordan Howard was cheap, two years, 10 mil. You're telling me he wouldn't have taken that deal to stay here? So now you have Jordan Howard, who was extremely productive. Now you have LeMichael P. Ryan, who has the skill set that you like, similar to a Miles Sanders, and you have DeAndre Hopkins. They need wide receiver help, which is what I'm getting to right now. So a massive upgrade is going to be needed at the wide receiver position if the Eagles want to be competitive this year. And their time to pounce really is now. Every team in the division has a new head coach. While I think on paper the Dallas Cowboys are the most offensively talented team, maybe defensively too, they do have a new head coach. Having a new head coach come in, yeah, that could account for two to three losses while things get sorted out. Riverboat Ron is now replacing Jay Gruden in Washington. And whatever the Giants head coach, Joe Judge, he replaces, what's his face, Pat Shermer, who still has a job somewhere. But anyway, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are older and were both hurt last year. Nelson Aguilar, thankfully, is gone. Greg Ward is steady, but nothing spectacular. And J.J. Arcega-Whiteside needs more time to develop. Now, I put the guys that I like in order of how I like them. And I have eight wide receivers and a couple mentions afterwards. The first one is Denzel Mims from Baylor, another Baylor guy. He's six foot three, 215 pounds. This guy is a great, great deep threat and red zone target, but he plays inside and outside. He catches the ball in traffic. He does pretty much whatever you ask him to do. He's a good run blocker too. Nothing super flashy, but a solid, solid, solid football player, which is exactly what this team needs. A solid football player who's just going to go out there and knock people on the rear end. At Baylor, four years, 40 games. He did have 186 catches for 2,925 yards, 28 touchdowns. They did only average 15.7 yards per catch, so maybe he's more of a possession guy, but I think he could be more at the next level. The next guy is Justin Jefferson from LSU, 6'3", 192 pounds. In 2019, he caught 111 passes, but... You know, LSU, they were just, they were moving the ball so much. This guy was always on the field. But then again, if you're catching 111 passes, that means you have a quarterback that trusts you. Joe Burrow was the quarterback. He had almost 5,700 yards passing. It was 56-something, whatever. But still, in 2019, 111 catches, 1,540 yards, and 18 touchdowns. Now, that was only 13.9 yards per catch. So he might be more of a possession guy, and especially when you consider the fact that that he is almost exclusively a slot receiver. Almost exclusively a slot receiver, okay? Um, but he is a good possession guy. He does fight for yardage after the catch. I'm going to give out one of my honorable mentions now. Justin Jefferson's going to be have to be drafted highly. Okay, he won a championship. He, he caught a lot of footballs from a guy who won the Heisman and is likely to be the first overall pick. So that garners some attention. Now, if you want your poor man's Justin Jefferson, there is a guy from the University of Texas named Devin Duvernay, a.k.a. Big Play Duvernay. I did not come up with that. So if you think it's cool, I came up with it. If you think it's corny, I didn't. That's how you could look at that. He's kind of the similar skill set to Justin Jefferson, although he's a little bit shorter. He's about four inches shorter. Um, slot guy, very speedy, very explosive. Might be a little flashier than Justin Jefferson, but he doesn't have the stats. Um, moving on to my next guy, Tamaris T. Higgins from the University of Clemson, also a former um, championship winner. Now, he's 6'4", 215 pounds. He's a big, big sure-handed target. He is an outside receiver. He's not a slot receiver. He's a big outside guy. He can make routine catches with ease, and he does fight for the ball. 
about 90% of the time he's going to beat single coverage. And his totals at three years at Clemson, he played 37 games, won two national championships, 135 catches for 2,448 yards and 27 touchdowns. And what I like is he averaged 18.1 yards per catch. That is huge. This team needs something like that. Big time. Greg Ward, I love you. I love you, love you, love you. I want you to stay on the roster, but you are not T. Higgins. You do not average 18.1 yards per catch. I believe I've mentioned this guy several times before. Michael Pittman Jr., the son of Michael Pittman Sr., that's how that works, former Arizona Cardinals running back. Um, he is from the University of Southern California, which is abbreviated to USC. Six foot four, 220 pounds. I keep flip-flopping these guys in my rankings, T. Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr., one day I like T. Higgins better, the other day I like Michael Pittman better, but I think Michael Pittman is not going to get drafted as highly as T. Higgins, and I do like T. Higgins just a little bit better, so today's a T. Higgins day, tomorrow could be a Michael Pittman day, catch me on Twitter, maybe you'll figure it out there, um, he's physical, he will straight up murder you for the football, and he will not feel bad about it, he'll sleep like a baby, he's a great jump ball receiver too, the way he just goes and stretches for the ball, um, that's second to none in my opinion, when he has the ball in his hand, again, violent runner, his father was an NFL running back, so he knows how to handle having the ball in his hands, he's a decent blocker too, nothing spectacular, he could hold his blocks a little bit longer, to me he's a prototypical NFL outside receiver, I think he could also be an exceptional red zone threat at 6'4", 220, so four years in Southern California, he played in 41 games, he caught 171 passes for 2,519 yards and 19 touchdowns, I think they could probably get him in the third round, T Higgins you're going to have to take in the first round, he's not going to be there, he might not even be there at 21, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so I'm interested to see if how he moves up, down, whatever, who knows. My next guy is Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. He's 6'1", 206. Um, he did play two years at junior college, and that was Sierra College. And then he played two years at Arizona State. Now, he also played with Nikhil Harry, so he can handle being a second fiddle. If you had to pair him with a guy like um, Alshon Jeffrey for a year, until he becomes cuttable. Um, he, he knows how to do it, and he's productive when he does it too. He's a very slippery runner when he has the ball in his hands. He can get behind corners easily. I'd like to see him do it a little bit more. What I really like about him and I think is going to help his draft stock, he's an extremely dangerous kick and punt returner. He will make you look stupid on kick and punt returns. Definitely watch some highlights. At ASU, he played in 20 games, 89 catches, 15, 33, 1,533 yards, and 19 touchdowns. This is a guy, the next one, if you say his name fast enough, it sounds like a venereal disease. We talked about him on the Dynasty Rewind. I thought his name sounded stupid. And then I watched film, and I was actually more impressed than I thought I'd, I would be. It's Quintez Cephas from the University of Wisconsin. Yes, believe it or not, they do throw the ball at the University of Wisconsin. It's not very often. And that's why his stats aren't going to be what some of these other guys are. He's six foot one, two oh seven. So he could play inside, outside, slot, outside receiver. He plays faster than what his 40-yard time is. Um what it was at the combine, which I think was about a four seven. He gets behind a corner, you're toast. You are now Izel Jenkins. He's an above average blocker too. And you have to be if you're playing wide receiver at Wisconsin because when 
Uh, Jonathan Taylor gets almost 1,000 carries over three years. You need to know how to block or you're just not getting on the field. Like I said, his stats aren't anything super impressive. 30 games, 93 catches, 1,496 yards. I believe 901 of them were last year. And 13 touchdowns, but he did average 16.1 yards per catch over his collegiate career, which is pretty damn impressive for a team that likes to keep everything tight and just try to maul you at the line of scrimmage. Uh, my next guy here is Chase Claypool, and he's a Golden Domer, so that he's six foot four, two hundred twenty nine pounds. Another guy who has poorer statistics than he could have, but the reason for that is Ian Book, the quarterback at Notre Dame, sucks. He's terrible. I don't care what you say, Ian Book. You're not a good quarterback. You're not going to be an NFL quarterback. Um, He's pretty elusive when you get the ball in his hands. He's another guy like Michael Pittman Jr. that stretches out really well for poorly thrown balls, which catching them for me in book, there was a lot of them. He does play special teams as well. His total is 45 games, 150 catches, 2,159 yards, and 19 touchdowns. The last guy I'm going to do a deeper dive into is Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, 6'2", 205 pounds. Now, Tyler Johnson <clears throat> excuse me, is not the best wide receiver on the Minnesota team. It's Rashad Bateman. Watch film with these two guys. You're going to be impressed more so by Rashad Bateman, but Rashad Bateman's going back for another year, so we're not going to get him this year. I think Tyler Johnson's probably a developmental guy. Now, for those of you who don't know, there are two games at the end of the collegiate season that are kind of like a Pro Bowl. The difference is it's actually competitive. One's the East-West Shrine game. The other one is the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl this year kind of sucked. Last year's Senior Bowl game was pretty good, although this year's Senior Bowl, uh, Justin Herbert showed well, and I thought Joshua Kelly looked really well. Also, and that's why I have him on this list. Tyler Johnson got invited, and I should have verified this because I talk about being prepared, but I'm going off memory, which is pretty damn good. Tyler Johnson was invited to the East-West Shrine game, not the Senior Bowl, pulled out of the East-West Shrine game. A lot of times what happens if you get invited to the East-West Shrine game and you do well, you get an invite to the Senior Bowl. So he kind of hurt himself there. I'm surprised he didn't. He played 43 games, caught 213 passes, 3,305 yards, and 33 touchdowns. That's a lot. That's very, very productive. He could have hurt his draft stock by doing that. I don't know. But that being said, he gets open relatively easy. He has good hands. and he, When he is in traffic, he's really good at making sure he, he brings the ball in. He's not the fastest. He's not the flashiest. He's solid. This, this guy, his draft stock and his ADP, which is average draft position, is all over the place. We're talking he could go anywhere from like the fourth round to undrafted. So he could be a steal, a steal if they got him. So my honorable mentions, I talked about Devin DuVernay before, like him a lot. Uh, Brian Edwards, I did mention him briefly before from South Carolina. He had an early breakout age. Uh, I didn't see it on the tape. A lot of people in the fantasy industry just drool over the guy. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, my boy Porkman, he likes Van Jefferson. I wasn't as impressed with Van Jefferson as he is, uh, but apparently he's a good route runner. I didn't see it. Sorry, Porkman, love you. A lot of people like Henry Ruggs. I do like Henry Ruggs. His market share wasn't great. It was also Alabama. He has the same skill set as Deshaun Jackson for the most part, who last time I checked is already under contract. If you want, if you want that, or another guy like that, you could draft K.J. Hamler out of Penn State. Same, same skill set, okay? You're not going to pay the guy as much. You could use that first-round pick somewhere else because draft capital is going to be high for Henry Ruggs, okay? 
Now, as far as other wide receivers, CeeDee Lamb is actually my wide receiver one in the class. We're not going to get CeeDee Lamb unless Howie Roseman just does some absolutely fantastic finagling of the draft, which he's done before when they got Carson Wentz. But to get CeeDee Lamb is going to be very tough. Uh, I like him a lot. I also like Jalen Rager and Jared Judy. I don't think they are going to be there at 21 as well. And another guy that a lot of people have mocked up to the Eagles is LaVisca Chenault. I don't want any part of LaVisca Chenault because LaVisca Chenault is already always hurt. We have enough guys like that on our roster. Um, also, you know, I was talking about CeeDee Lamb is my um, wide receiver run. Some other guys I like running back-wise, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, no way we're going to get him. I also like J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, we're not going to get him either. These guys are both probably top 10 picks. A lot of guys like Cam Akers, I'm not as high on him. Um, another guy, and I didn't write him down here, I should have, I think he's a, his skill set's a little similar to Miles Sanders too. This Keyshawn Vaughn from Vanderbilt He's a little bit of a harder runner, though. Um, so should have mentioned him as well. So I do apologize about that. And we're going to close it out today with tight ends. Uh, finally get to have a chance to talk to you guys about my boy. But uh, we're set at tight end. Let's let's be realistic. That's probably the one position where we don't need any help. We do have Zach Ertz. We do have Dallas Goddard. Um, Zach Ertz does have a pretty big cap hit in 2020 and 2021. It's $12.4 million a year so. You know, maybe they restructure, maybe they trade. I hope not. But if they do that, I'd like to see them develop somebody. And that guy is Bryson Hopkins from the University of Purdue. He's six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds. He's a big dude. For his size, he's very, very fast though. Now he has decent hands. He makes some really spectacular catches. But at the same point in time, he could also drop some routine passes, which is pretty frustrating. He's an okay blocker. He's another guy that needs to hold on to his blocks a little bit longer. So playing at Purdue, his stats aren't anything great either. Um, the quarterback play is not the best there. Still, in 2019, he had 830 yards receiving, which isn't bad for a tight end on a bad team. His totals five years. 2015 was a redshirt year. He played in 40 games. 130 catches, 1,945 yards, 16 touchdowns, but he averaged 15 yards per reception in his collegiate career, which is pretty dang good. I think um, I like him a little bit better than some of the other tight ends that are coming out this year. That being said, this class is not the best tight end class, but you don't need to get a top-tier tight end. You already have two top-tier tight ends. I wonder, you know, do you think maybe Zach Ertz was a guy that they wanted for DeAndre Hopkins? It's always a possibility. I just don't know if they're ready to hand over the reins to Dallas Goddard yet. Would you make that trade? Zach Ertz for DeAndre Hopkins? Maybe it was Goddard that they wanted. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, the, the Texans, they, they got to be in limbo right now. But um, So, hey, that's all I have for you guys this week. Just uh, some offensive guys that I'd really, really love to see um, get on the Eagles. So today's April 5th, we have a couple weeks until the draft. I might look at some mock drafts and see what they say and go over it with you guys and you know throw my two cents in there. So I also want to take a minute and say, sorry I didn't challenge anybody to a fight this week. I'm just not feeling it. Quarantine lifestyle has gotten me bogged down. Work's slowing down. Um, hopefully my hours don't get cut. If you know if, if everyone else is dead, you know, I hope you, you know, I'm not sounding like a crybaby to you or anything like that. Um, but it is what it is. So... Um, hey, thanks again for tuning in. All the feedback's been great. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. Hopefully you enjoy the channel. We just had the Houston Texans, the Arizona Cardinals, and the Baltimore Ravens 
joined the channel. Got some people reaching out uh, that I that follow me on Twitter, like, hey, how can I get on board this? You know, we might have some AFC West teams coming, maybe an uh, maybe an NFC South team too. But I guess you're just gonna have to keep checking back and and seeing what's going on. So hey, until next time, everybody, you can follow this show on Twitter at backrow underscore birds. You can follow me on Twitter at the Bauer 85 and you could have my personal phone number. No, you cannot. But until next week, everybody, thanks again for listening.